Good morning on this Sunday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets. Food for thought and for the imagination. When we use the word life, L-I-F-E, what comes into mind? In the New Testament, in the scripture, the word life is actually identified several different ways. We have the word life, which comes from the word bio. Of course, biology is the study of life. That is a time period of existence here on this earth. And then there is a separation of the spirit. There is a separation of the uh, body. According to James uh, chapter 2, there is also another word that is used when we use the word life in the old in the new testament and that's the word anastrophe it m- simply means behavior uh, the one that one conducts his manner of living and life uh the one those are the actions uh that one does uh, in his physical or her physical body we also have the word azuke uh that that word means soul Uh, Jesus laid down both his biological life, which basically uh, he died. He was separated from his body and his spirit. But he also poured out his life. And the life is in the blood, according to Leviticus uh, 17.11. So Jesus laid down his life. But he said, no man takes it from me. I lay it down and I have the authority. I have the power. To take it back up again. At this point we're talking about eternal life. Life forevermore. Life without end. Life as it exists in God himself. Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. The scripture says in 1 John in chapter 5. Uh, starting roughly in verse 11, it talks about he that has the Son uh, has life. He that does not have the Son does not have life. Yet there are a lot of people that are not Christians, yet we would say they are alive physically. See, but that's not what we're talking about. When we talk about that Jesus had life, he had the life of the Father that self-sustaining, self-existent life. That life, it, it doesn't need to eat. It doesn't need to rest. It doesn't. It is perpetuated eternally. It just continues forever and ever. Well, the scripture says in the book of Romans, but if the spirit, Romans chapter 8, 11, but if the spirit, of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead, shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in us. Jesus was raised up by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was raised up by the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, if we continue reading, in the book of 2 Corinthians, in chapter 4, in verse 10, Paul brought out a powerful statement. It says, always bearing about in the body, 
the dying of the Lord Jesus, that life, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal bodies. There's that key word that we want to look at, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest. There is something about the life of Jesus entering into our physical bodies and residing there. It is that life that is imparted unto us when we are born again. It is that life that maintains and sustains us as growing Christians. It is that life that will continue throughout eternity. It is that life that will swallow up that which is mortal. It is that life which will swallow up that which is frail and that which is weak. It is the life of the Son of God in us. Now, Paul, he understood that life working in him and throughout his physical body. He had not only a concept, but he had the living experience of what had happened upon the cross and the reuniting of the Spirit of Jesus back with his body and being raised from the dead to have an immortal body, a body that would no longer be subjected to the frailties and to the weaknesses of this world. Now, it is that life that has come into us. But we have to understand, Jesus laid down his life for us that we might have his life. He said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. The life that Jesus came to give us and to bring us is a different kind of life. It is not just a behavior. His life does affect our behavior, by the way. It is not just a suki. It's not just a soulish life. But he does bring us to a higher plane of wisdom and knowledge and understanding in our mind. He brings us to a higher level as far as our emotions are controlled, where we have self-control, peace, uh, joy, uh, and all of these things uh, flowing in our, in our uh, life. But also our body is affected. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, this is the next verse. It says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Now, there's no way that we can get around this. If the life of Jesus is manifesting itself in our mortal flesh, that life swallows up everything that is corruptible. When I say corruptible, I mean that which is temporal, that which is perishing, that which is uh, uh, 
just simply existing for the moment or for the while. Jesus, when he came up out of that grave, he came up out of there, his body still having the 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 prints or the 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 holes or the scars or whatever we want to call them. We'll call them the nail, the 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 actual damage where the nails had penetrated both his feet and his uh, hands or palms or wrists, as depending on what one uh, would think uh, the nails were driven. Yet he maintains and retains that. But when he arose, he was still able to communicate with his disciples. He was very conscious of who they were. He was able to. Uh, basically uh, be at one place and disappear and be in another. Or, as some might suggest, he just went through a wall. The life of Jesus is a quality of life that he came to give us, not just forgive us of our sins. I hope you understand that. It was necessary for the price to be paid. It was necessary for his blood to be shed. It was necessary for him to confront the enemy for those three days and nights. But that was just part of it. It was his resurrection that made the difference. It was him coming up out of the grave that uh, resulted in a change. So let's look at these three words again. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, 11, and 12. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. And then in verse 11, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Then Paul says in verse 12, So then, death worketh in us, but life worketh in you. Now, he goes on to suggest in the book of Philippians in chapter number 3, in verse number 10, he says, That I may know him. Number one, knowing Jesus is identified in the book of John, chapter 17, in verse 3. This is eternal life, that they, may, that they might know thee as the one and only true God and your son, Jesus, whom you have sent. So knowing Jesus, knowing God the Father, results in eternal life. Knowing him. That means there's a relationship. Not just knowing him, but also knowing the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection is that eternal life that resided in Jesus that he laid down for us, took it back up again when he was raised up by the Holy Spirit, and it is imparted into each and every believer at the moment that he or she is born again. That's why if he or she was to perish or, 
or, or go to be with the Lord, we will be in his presence because that eternal life is already abiding in us. But Paul didn't just talk about that. He didn't just talk about knowing him. He didn't just talk about the power of his resurrection, which is that life that is in him. He also talked about the fellowship the fellowship of his sufferings, understanding and comprehending not only what Jesus had to go through on that cross, what he had to go through in the Garden of Gethsemane, what he had to go through as the Son of the living God and as the Son of Man for us, it says, that the fellowship and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Interestingly enough, it is in that laying down our lives for the Lord that we pick up his life in us. In other words, the more there is, the less of us, the more there is of him. The more of his life flowing, it was the life of the Father that was flowing through Jesus. There was the life of the Father that was imparted in the miracles and in the things that were accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit. But Paul makes the statement real fresh in our understanding that I may know him after all those years of serving the Lord, Paul still was saying he had not come to the place where he fully knew Jesus in his resurrected, glorified life. See, he was not one of the 12 that was hanging around with Jesus for three and a half years. Paul came in later, but yet Paul had the revelation of Jesus revealed unto him directly by Jesus himself. And in that revelation, he understood and was able to grasp and captivate in his life what many Christians never even get to enter into. We are Christians. We are believers we have a form of religion, and uh, we have, yes, a relationship, but many never get to tap into allowing that life to be made manifest in our mortal body. If that life is being made manifest in our mortal bodies, it's going to affect the way that we think. It's going to affect the way that we behave. It's going to affect the way that we act. Instead of trying, and I use the word trying very carefully, instead of trying to be Christians, if his life just simply flows and is expressed and manifested in our mortal flesh and bodies, it will, it will demonstrate and manifest the very life of Jesus through us. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to try to be. But it is that life of, Jesus's, of Jesus himself 
being revealed and unveiled through your life, through your physical body, through your physical life and existence. His life is manifested again here on earth where we can truly say that uh, the word has become flesh again. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you. Amen.